Why doesn't somebody give God praise for everything that God has done over your life? Every single blessing that God has given you, every bit of favor that God has shown you. I've got so much to be thankful for. God's given me mercy and God's shown me grace and God's done so many amazing things in my life. And I've got a reason to thank God for. Amen. And it's an amazing thing to hear what God is doing through our, our, our brother, preacher, pastor, pilot. <laughs> And uh, it was a true story. I, d I thought he was just the normal pilot, but little did I know when he grabbed that mic, he was uh, not a normal pilot. He was a Pentecostal pilot. <laughs> and he's blessed our church. And we, we gave those drumsticks to that boy. And he already used it to break one of the skins on the drums. <laughs> um, but he's really thankful for that that you gave him. And I'm so thankful to be here in the church, um, to be here at GPFPC. And like Pastor Bradford mentioned, uh, Brother Payton's a really good friend of mine, and I feel like we've gotten a lot closer in the last year or so, and I'm, I'm thankful for his friendship and for his ministry, and it's a blessing to me um, to rub shoulders with people that I know I'm laboring with in the future, and I'm looking forward to see what God's going to do in the future, amen. And I give honor to this church, amen. Like I said this morning, and I, I'll try not to be redundant, but it's a special moment for me to be here at this church because this church is truly a special church. I really do believe that this is the best thing going on in Bakersfield. I think as I drive around in this city and I begin to see what's going on, there's just so much life, there's so much vigor, there's so much energy that is just pulsing in this church. And to see the music, everything's first class, your facilities, I mean, I mean, your pastor was saying it, and y'all are doing more. It's exciting. Who knew there could be more, but there is more, amen. I really do believe in the next few years, God only knows what, what we're going to be seeing, and you'll be in a new sanctuary, and you'll be seeing, and you'll be, you'll, it's just going to be a good time in God, amen. I'm not going to want to take much time again tonight, but if you could all turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4. Amen. I'm thankful to be in the house of God tonight. Your pastor said, happy, happy, happy. I'm happy to be in the presence of God. Amen. And I wonder if you are happy to be here today. Is anyone here happy? Hopefully I didn't run into the people that were sad today to come to the house of God. But I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. And when you're there in 2 Kings chapter 4, you can say amen. And the word of the Lord, it reads like this. It says, now they're cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and creditors is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Before I keep going, I would like to let you know that the Bible says that when she cried out, and to the prophet Elisha. That, that word cry, it doesn't just mean a shout. It just doesn't mean that she lifted up her voice. But if you will look at that word or what it means in the original, if you look at the definition, it says that she shrieked out. She shrieked out because she was living in a world of so much pain. Because she had lost her husband. And as the man of God was walking by her house, that the Bible says that she cried out and she said, Man of God, 
she began to begin to tell her, him her situation. He began to tell him that my husband is dead and I know that you have known him and, and I know that you, you know what's going on and, and there's been a debt that's been left for me to pay that I don't have the means to pay. And now there comes a creditor. There comes somebody to retrieve that debt that I cannot pay. And the price is my two children. And we keep reading and it says that and Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? Can everyone say, what hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Everyone say, save a pot of oil. Then he said to her, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon those sons. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. Here the man of God gave her a promise. Here the man of God gave her a prophecy and told her what she was going to do. And she so, the Bible says, so she went from him after she received the word. And she shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more in the oil state. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children off the rest. Tonight I would like to speak to you all regarding this topic, the power of the oil. The power of the oil. And I want to right now, before that we go any further in this service, one more time, we can begin to lift our hands. And we begin to ask that the presence of God begin to move in this service right now. Come on, before any step is ever taken. Come on, before any other word that I ever say. Before I read any other scripture. Why don't we right now begin to entertain the presence of God. We right now begin to ask that God begin to touch. Why don't we right now begin to ask that God begin to touch minds and God begin to touch hearts. Why don't we right now begin to ask that the anointing of the Holy Ghost begin to move in this house. God, we need you in this house tonight. God, we need you to move. We need you to touch. God, I pray, God, that you would anoint your people and, God, you would anoint your servant. God, that you would anoint my mouth just as much as you would anoint their ears to hear. I pray that you would let there be a unity, God, with the pulpit, God, and with the pew. God, I pray, God, that there would be a synergy, God, that would be connected. God, that your words would be spoken and not my own. That, God, that you would go forth, God, and break the heart of rock, God, in somebody's life. And, God, I pray, God, that your wonder-working power would move in the house tonight. And I wonder if anyone believes that God is going to do a great work in this house. Begin to clap, God. Clap your hands hands towards a God that is willing to do a work in your life. I wonder if somebody right now can give God praise in advance before the altar call ever comes forward, before we ever give a call to do any call of action. If we can thank God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. 
in the fear of the Lord. I'm thankful for the presence of God that is in this house tonight. The power of the oil. Again, like I had said in the beginning, as we begin to read of a widow lady, the lady, the word of God begins to speak about. And the Bible begins to give us a backstory of who this lady was. If you begin to do a little bit of digging, you find out that this was the widow of the man named Obadiah. He was one of the men that helped liberate and hide around the prophets when they were persecuting them in the days of Elisha. And that's why when she cries out to the prophet and she cries out to the man of God, she says, you know my husband and you know that he was a servant and you know that he was a man of God and he did fear the Lord. She began to cry out and she began to let him know and say, hey, man of God, Elisha, you know me. As the Bible begins to say that he was just walking by her house and where she was. But it was the cries of this woman that began to grab the attention of the prophet Elisha. The cries of this woman were something that he could not ignore. And I believe that people began and maybe they understood who the prophet Elisha was. Being one of the most renowned prophets that we can read of in the Old Testament. Seeing all the wonderful, wonder-working power that God would begin to perform in his life and through his life. That the people began to see the stands that he would take against the wickedness in his day. That they knew that this was a special man. And they revered him as a man of God. That maybe he was used to people flagging him down. And he was used to of people getting his attention because they were needing something. But I believe that as he was walking by, the Bible says that she shrieked out. It was shrieking. It was deafening. And she began to cry out because this woman, this widow lady, was living in a state of death. She was living in a state of loss. She, she was living in this perpetual cycle of decay. Because if you begin to read, as she began to get a hold of the man of God, and she could just have a little bit of time with him. She said, Elisha, look at how much I've lost. And look, I've lost my husband. And, and look, not only have I lost my husband, why don't you look inside of my house? They took in my furniture. They took in my lamp. They took in my bed. They took in all the food in my pantry. Elisha, I ain't got nothing nothing left. Elisha, there's nothing in my house. And Elisha, they're coming to take my two baby boys. One of the only things that she had left that she held so dear to her. The Bible says that the creditor had come to take them to be bondmen. And she was in such a state of a frenzy. She was in such a state of scare. Because the only thing that maybe that was letting her get up every single morning was her baby boys. And I wonder if there's any mothers in this house tonight that could even testify to the words that I'm saying. That you would understand better than many of us and better than even I. As I begin to begin to read this story. That although everything may not be perfect and the odds might be stacked up against you. It's the love that you have for your children children that drives you to go forward and you may have lost some things and, and everything may not be perfect but it's the drive that you wanting to see your children see a better day that will make you go forward and here probably one of the only motivators that this woman would have 
to keep on living another day. Probably one of the only reasons that was making her get up in the morning and making sure she, she could do what she could do. She was at a place where she was about to lose her mind because everything was going so wrong in her life. Everything was just getting messed up. And she was living in a cycle, in a state of death. Every single day that she would wake up, one thing was gone from her. The next day, another thing was gone from her. She began to keep on living life, and, and things were taken from her life, and things were taken from her life. The only thing that she had left that she probably considered dear was her two children. And this poor woman that was probably at a point of having a nervous breakdown, she began to just pour out her fears, and she poured out her pain into the man of God. I believe that she was just, she, she probably was overwhelmed with emotion. She finally could have someone to talk to, knowing she was talking to the man of God, knowing she was talking to the prophet, that she began to say, I've lost this, and I've lost that, and they've taken this, and they've taken that, that the Bible says that Elisha stops her. He said, I'm not interested in hearing what you've lost. I don't want to hear another reason and another rhyme as to why you're telling me you've lost the things that you've lost. But Elisha looked at this lady and she said to her, tell me what you've got left. He said, tell me what you got inside of the house. What are you talking about, man of God? What are you talking about, Elisha? Didn't you just hear the stories? Didn't you just, did my cries not mean anything to you? When I was over here crying and I was over here acting like, I, like I've lost my mind, didn't you hear that I ain't got nothing left? That the man of God looked at her and said, I'm not interested no more of hearing what you're telling me what you've lost. I'm not interested in hearing what's tied in your life. I'm not interested of hearing what they're taking away. But I want you to begin to think and tell me, what do you God have in the house? Uh, they've taken everything. They've taken my furniture. They've taken my lampshade. They've taken everything, man of God. But as she began to think, that she slowly began to just say, man, what do I got? I ain't got nothing left. We're sleeping on the floors. I only got my babies and they're coming for my babies when all of a sudden that the Bible says that this lady looked at the man of God and she said I got save a pot of oil I have save a pot of oil and this poor woman that was at a point a nervous breakdown. She said, I just got a little bit of oil. But you don't understand, man of God, it ain't enough to make a cake. But you don't understand, man of God, the oil that I got, it ain't a full jar that I've got. It's not completely full. Maybe you think I have enough oil to sell or maybe you think I got enough oil to trade. And, and maybe you think I got enough oil to begin to make some cakes to turn into my situation around. But the Bible says that as soon as Elisha heard that she had a little pot of oil. Then he automatically looked at her. He said, go. That was it. He stopped her. He said, calm down. Slow down. What do you got? Tell me what you have left. Tell me what you have in the house. Tell me. And the Bible says that she said, I just, I just got a little bit of oil. See, but this woman did not understand the power of the oil. This woman did not have an understanding of the thing that she 
She had forgot about what she had. She had forgot because she was just saying, I ain't got anything. But as she began to tell the prophet, the prophet reminded her, no, you have a pot of oil. And I believe as the spirit of God began to work, that as soon as he heard, I have a pot of oil, that automatically the word of God says that he said, go. Because Elisha understood that was all that he needed to hear. That was all that he needed to hear, and that was all that he needed to understand that she had exactly what she needed to change her life. She may not think she had enough. She may not think that it was the key. But this woman did not understand that the very thing that she possessed was the very thing that was going to help her change the state of death that she was living in. Because the prophet, as soon as he heard and said, you got oil, that is all that I need to hear. I want you to begin to go. And, and for some of you, today in the world that we live in in the 21st century, you may not completely understand if you've come here today and say, why does the oil make such a difference? Why does the oil make such a difference in this woman's life when she had such a big debt to pay? What is that going to do? As we begin to see that in that day, that oil was used for many things. See, oil was necessary for survival. And as you begin to read about what they used oil for back then, it, it was used for nutritional purposes as they would use it to bake things. And it was even used for survival purposes as they would use it to fill lamps. But even it was used for spiritual and religious purposes as they would use it in the temple. And then oil was something that just wrapped around every area of their life. Oil was something much bigger than what we think of when we think about a little bottle of olive oil that you can grab at Walmart or you can grab at Target. See, but oil, every single time that you read of oil in the scripture, you begin to realize that you're reading something that typifies some sort of life. Some sort of life. Whether it was life for someone to begin to have sustenance so they could keep on walking and living another day. Or was it for somebody to have oil to fill their lamp so they could see the road clearly and they could see the dangers that was all around them. Or whether it was the oil that was used in the temple that was mixed with the incense that they would begin to use as it was their only life source that they would begin to get from God. That it was oil that they used. And it represented so much in their life. But not only do we know that, that every single time that we see that the man of God, that the prophet of God would have a bottle of oil tied to their hip. My mind quickens to Samuel as he was walking to the house of Jesse, looking for a king. Looking for somebody to anoint. Looking for someone to lead the people. That as he took out that bottle of oil and as David stepped down and kneeled down before the man of God. And they took that little bottle of oil and as they poured it on his head, it was a sign to all the people. It was a sign to all of Israel that the oil was not something that this man was going to be walking on his own. And walking with his own power and walking with his own might. But if the prophet would take out the bottle of oil and it would begin to fall down the, the head of somebody, if it would begin to fall down the head of the man that they would begin to anoint as king, that it was something for all of the children of Israel to understand that God was with this man. And as I begin to think of oil, as I begin to think of that, 
I begin to understand that when I hear oil, when I read of oil in the scriptures, there's something that leaps inside of my heart. There is something that leaps inside of my mind because I understand where I see oil present that there is God working in the midst of. See, because it's somebody that understands the power of the Holy Ghost and seeing that God, that he works through oil and that God, as he works as a symbol, that God is with somebody. As God will begin to anoint the kings of the Old Testament to show them that it was God's blessing over them, that it was God's spirit that was going to accompany them, that I begin to understand that where I see oil, that is where God's blessing is going to be. And where I see the oil is where I see the spirit of God. Somebody say amen. As I begin to read and hear and, and hear about oil, my mind quickens to Luke chapter 4 verse 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Because the oil doesn't only represent something like you use to bake a cake or, or you use to, to just get your normal activities done in the day. But the oil represents the company of the Spirit of God. The oil represents that where the oil is that there is going to be the Holy Ghost. And, and there is going to be the Spirit of God. And there is going to be peace. And, and there is going to be power. And there is going to be anointing. The anointing to fulfill a task. The anointing to, to do a work. The power of the oil. And as we begin to read in the scripture, this woman did not have the understanding of the power of the oil. She did not understand the very thing that she had. She was living in death. She was living in decay. Everything she had was leaving from her house, was leaving from her family. But she had the very thing that was just going to change her life. And I would like to let you all know, and I know that you all understand, that when we begin to talk of oil, that when we begin to talk of the Holy Ghost, that we understand that when we talk about that, we're talking about the Spirit of God. And there is something that rises in my spirit when I hear somebody begin to talk about oil. When somebody begins to talk about the Spirit of God. Because when I know somebody's anointed and I know somebody's work is anointed, I expect God to move and I expect God to work and I expect God to change something. We see that this lady, this woman living in death, living in decay, that the man of God, he heard that she had some oil. And that was all that she needed to hear. See, there are many people in this life that will look at you and like to tell you that really, you don't really need the oil to live the life that you're living. 
There will be many people that you will come into contact with as you live your life and as, and as you try to move forward and, and as you try to live a godly life and you try to pursue Christ and, and you try to become a better creation in him. That you will meet people as you begin to discuss with them and you begin to talk about the Holy Ghost and you begin to talk about the power of God and you begin to talk about the oil that they will look at you and they will tell you, you know what, you really don't need that. You know, maybe the oil's good enough for power. And maybe the oil's good enough for you to do great exploits. But, but you really don't need it for salvation. But I would like to let you know but that is contrary to the word of God. That it says in John chapter 3 verse 5. That unless a man is born of the water and a man is born of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We understand the power of the oil. We understand what it means and what it signifies, what it typifies. But the Bible began to say that the prophet then looked at this woman. She said, I want you to go, and I want you to go, and I want you to knock on every single one of your neighbor's doors. And as you go to their house, and as you go knock on their doors, I want you to knock on every door that you can. When you knock on that door, I want you to take your boys with you. And when you knock on that door, and when they open that door, I want you to look at that man or that woman that comes to the door, that servant, that maid, whoever it is. And as they begin to look at you, I want you to look at them in the face. And I want you to tell them, do you have a vessel here? Do you have a vessel here? And the Bible says that Elisha told her, borrow not a few. Even empty vessels, but do not borrow a few. And the man of God let her know, I want you to take that very little thing that you've got. I want you to take that oil. That very thing that was the key to the revival in her life. The very thing that was going to revive the death in her life was the very thing that she was hiding. See, in many people, they live their life when they are going through situations. And they are going through circumstances. And they are going through fires or or or. Things in life that they just do not understand and, and things that they seem like are going out of control. And they do not understand why things are going wrong in their life. But they are having a pot of oil that is hiding in the back of their house. They have a pot of oil, but it's not been broken out. They have the Holy Ghost, but they are not taking it out and using it. They have the oil, but every single time something happens in their life, they don't step out into the prayer room in the middle of the night. And they begin to pray over their children and pray over their lost loved ones. I wonder if I have a witness in the house tonight that knows what I'm talking about. That understands that when things get rough and when things are going wrong, that you need to take out the oil. That you need to take out the Holy Ghost. That you need to let it begin to work and to minister in your favor. And this woman, she had the very thing that was going to change her life, but she was not using it. They live life not understanding as to why that things are going on the way that they're going on. They don't understand the, the failure and the hurt and, and the reason why things seem to be going wrong. This woman did not have an understanding that the oil can change your life. I would like to let somebody know today that the Holy Ghost, it changes lives. The Holy Ghost, it, it changes lives. 
I don't know if somebody here has been a recipient of the power that God has begun to work in their life where the Holy Ghost has changed your life. Where the oil began to flow into a situation in your life where everybody wrote you off as dead. And everyone wrote you off as a failure. And everyone wrote you off as a has-been. But all of a sudden, the oil began to flow in your life. I wonder if somebody right now can begin to lift their hands if that is your testimony, if that is your story. Oh, God. See, because the prophet understood. The prophet understood what she had. She understood the power of the thing that she had. But this woman did not because the oil was doing no good in the place that she had it. The oil was doing no good the place that she had it at. But the Bible says that he said, I want you to go take that little pot of oil. And as you grab your children, as you grab boys, would you go and you please, would you go knock on every single door? That you can. I want you to go around to every house and I want you to knock on every door. And as they open the door, say, Do you have a vessel here? Do you have a vessel here? And in my mind, I see a woman that is just point where she just doesn't understand where she is living on borrowed time with her children. She is living on borrowed time with with the people that that she loves so dear that she is using them to begin to knock on every single door and she began to ask with them and they would would go to fulfill what the prophet had said and as they would go up to him and as they would ask and they would say do you have a vessel in the house? Do you have a vessel? in the house and as they would go out to every single house that they could empty vessels it it, it didn't matter it didn't matter what the vessel looked like I, I, I see them say well are you looking for something particular are you looking for something specific? Are, 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 are you looking for, for something that, that, that I, I don't know what type of vessel that you're looking for that is the sons cut them off? And they said, no, give me anything that you got that can contain some oil. Give me anything that you got that can contain oil. As they would go and as people would ask them and say, do you know, I I don't care what it looks like. I don't care the color of it. I don't care the shape of it. I don't care if it's dirty or it's clean. The man of God just said, get his hands on my hands on as many vessels that I can to get my hands on as many things that I could. And as they went knocking, as they went to every door, So they got a hold of every vessel that they could. And the Bible says that they reached a point where they had got a hold of every vessel that they could. I wonder if right now, church, if you could help me pray. Let me pray in the Holy Ghost right now.
See, because as they went to go knock on every door, they did not have an understanding of what they were knocking for. They did not have an understanding of what they were looking for as to why they were looking for it. All they knew was they were listening to what mama had said. And and mama only was doing what the prophet had told her. Because the oil that they had, it represented the power. But they did not understand what we understand as we read the scripture. And there's a lot of people that walk the streets of this city that do not understand the power of the oil. That they walk the city and they don't understand the transforming power of what is happening inside of this building. They do not understand... That God can change their life the way that he has changed the life of so many others. They do not understand and they cannot comprehend. As they begin to see as people lift up their hands and they begin to worship it. And as people begin to get filled with the Holy Ghost. They do not understand the power of what we even consider the oil. And the devil would like to keep as many people in bondage and, and in ignorance to not understand what the Holy Ghost represents. He would like to have them be bound to not understand that the Holy Ghost would come and to liberate themselves and, and to change them and, and to turn their situation around. Because there are people that I believe that as we even begin to think of them in our mind, that we begin to think uh, that they are living in a similar state of death themselves. And they do not believe that there is hope for them. As they begin to come and as they begin to fight and and as, as they do not understand that they are fighting an uphill battle in life. There are people that live under the weight of sin. There are people that went under the weight of of wickedness and debauchery and witchcraft and and whoremongering and prostitution and the things that are dying in their life. There are are people that live underneath the bondage of gangs and and there are people that live underneath the bondage of, of sexual moral relationships. And there are people that live under the bondage of an immoral lifestyle. And they do not understand as they are living under a thing of death. And and they are living under something that will only give them death. They do not understand the road as they walk on is something that they don't have to walk. And, and they don't understand even the full implications of everything that they live and, and everything that they are active in. Here, we see that the man of God understood and here that we even understand the power and the significance of what that oil represents. And we understand the power of, of what it really represents to change a lost and a dying world. And I do not know why I feel it so strong in my spirit right now in this very moment. That the, the significance and the revelation that we have of the Holy Ghost is something we ever not ever take for granted. That the revelation of the power of the oil is something that we never ought get to a point that it does not excite us. Because we have got so far removed from the point that the oil flowed in our life. 
But the oil is a changing moment that will change your life. talking about the power of the oil tonight. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that as they begin to knock on every door, see, because the death that she was living in, it was affecting her life. But the revival that God wanted to bring to her life and the revival of just the reviving, to, of bringing life to her was going to affect more than just her life when it came. Because as she went to go with her children and she knocked on every single door, as I had mentioned already before, as they knocked on every single door, they asked, please, do you have some vessels? Please, do you have some empty vessels? And the man of God was so specific. Don't get picky when you're asking for them. Don't become picky as you begin to ask for them to give you vessels. Why? Because the man of God said, you, what you're going to do when you get these vessels is you're going to shut yourself in the door. And you're going to take out the very thing that you don't think will change your life. You're going to take out the very thing that you're worried is not going to be enough to change your situation. And you're going to pay little little oil, that little pot of oil and as you take that out, what you're going to do is you're going to begin to pour out into every single vessel that you have brought inside of the house. You're going to take that little pot of oil and as you begin to take that pot of oil, you're going to begin to pour out of the only thing that you might have thought you are going to round out of. And you're going to pour out of yourself and you're pouring out with children that you may not even think will be there tomorrow, but you're going to pour When they went, as they begin to ask, the prophet had a greater understanding as to why. Because he had given a promise that when you begin to pour out of the oil, when you begin to take out the very thing that you have, when you begin to take out the very thing that is in your house, that is in that you hold dear, what you're supposed to do is you pour it out that the oil will begin to flow. And the man of God gave this woman a promise. And he said, as long as that there is vessels, the oil will keep on flowing. The man of God looked at her and said, as long as you have vessels in the house of God, the oil will not stop. The oil will not quit flowing. And as I begin to see, as they begin to ask and knock on every single door, hurried and say, we need as many vessels. We, we, need, we need pots. We need pans. We, need, we just need everything. And they didn't care about the color. They didn't care about the way that it looked. Because they were just understanding and waiting to see if the oil was really even going to flow like the man of God had said. And they went and they closed the door upon themselves. And as they closed the door, as they stood there, maybe not even believing that the oil was going to flow, they took out that little pot, they took out that little vial, and as they began to pour it out, 
maybe you're wondering if it wasn't even going to work. Maybe you're wondering if the oil was really going to flow. But the word of God says that as she stood there, and as I believe as they closed the door, not understanding, or, or maybe even then all wanting people to see or everything because they thought it maybe it was foolish because common sense didn't say that the oil was going to flow because all they had was a little vial. But the Bible says as they begin to pour that thing in a 90 degree angle, that as the oil flowed into one vessel, that the Bible says that the first vessel became full and as the first one became full that the mother looked at her next child and said bring me another vessel and she came and she grabbed the other vessel and she she began to pour out and she began to pour out the vessel and as the oil began to flow and the Bible says it was full and then it filled and she said bring me another vessel go quickly bring me another vessel and she said that she grabbed another pot of oil and she said come right here let's begin to see if it's going to keep on flowing and she kept on doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it until the Bible says that every vessel that she had brought inside of the house had become full with the oil just like the man of God had said every single one but it reaches a point I'm going to ask if the musicians could help me that it reached a point that this mother that was so excited seeing the oil that was flowing that was going to change her life the oil that was going to radicalize her life the oil that was going to do a work in her life She was so unfixated with it, she was so focused on what was happening in front of her. When all of a sudden she reached out for another vessel, and she reached her hand out for another vessel. And there was not another vessel more, the Bible says. And the oil stayed. And the oil stayed. Oil that she had, living in a state of death, this widow lady, not understanding that the very thing that she had, that she had not broken out, had the ability to touch her and had the ability to change her and, and had the ability to do a work in her life and to change her children's life that she didn't break her out. Until finally the man of God looked at her and said, that very thing that you have that you don't think is as crucial, the very thing that you don't think is important, if you will begin to break it out, if you begin to take it out, and you begin to knock on every vessel, if you will knock on every neighbor's door that you have, and you ask, say, is there a vessel here that can receive some oil? Because the oil that the key, the revival that was coming to her life was never intended just to touch her life. It was intended to touch every single person that she would come into contact with. And she would ask, is there a vessel here in this house? And she began to, began to go through the work of the, what the prophet was saying to her. And she begin to knock and begin to ask and she said do you got a vessel prophet said don't be picky I just need something that can contain the oil it doesn't matter what it looks like it doesn't matter the color of it it doesn't matter the shape of it in the very same way the oil that God will begin to flow and to pour out inside 
the life of every person that ought to be a recipient of the Holy Ghost. There's no discrimination of what the vessel looks like. It doesn't matter the financial status. It doesn't matter the education level. It doesn't matter the color of the skin. It doesn't matter the language that they speak. But every vessel that can contain oil is a recipient. Every empty thing. Because there's so much power in the oil. There's so much power in the oil. It's transforming power, church. Supernatural, miraculous, working power. There will be people that tell you that the working of the Holy Ghost is reduced to a little good feeling that you feel inside of your heart. Ma'am, sir, if, if you've never had anyone explain the Holy Ghost to you and you've come here inside of this building and people have told you that the Holy Ghost, all it is, is just a little warm feeling that you feel that comes all around you. But I would like to tell you that there is so much more to that. There's so much more than just a good little feeling. But where every single time that you see that the word of God begins to say the oil becomes present in somebody's life, there is a supernatural occurrence that takes place. You're looking at a young man today that still believes that God does miracles. You're looking at a young man today that God is still in the business touching cancer and letting tumors fall off. You're looking at a young man today that believes that God still does radical transformations, physical transformations, that God still delivers people from spiritual bondage. Because the oil just doesn't do a little work. The oil just doesn't do a little something, but it changes everything. Before I continue, if we can lift our hands and we feel after what the Holy Ghost is trying to do in this place. Let's keep feeling after the Holy Ghost right now, church. Come on, God's doing a special work right now in this building. I know this is different. But God is doing something right now in the spirit. God is doing something right now in the Holy Ghost. If we can get past, come on. Come on, the spiritual awkwardness that you might be feeling. There is a draw. 
Come on, let's keep entertaining the presence of God. Come on, I don't apologize for doing this right now. God's working right now in this building. Because God is going to unleash the power of the oil inside of this building tonight. God is going to make himself very real to people tonight. There's something deep inside of this house tonight. You know why? Because there is oil inside of this house. And the devil would not like that the oil be released. He would not like to see the oil be broken out. There, there's something going on in the spiritual right now. I need somebody to help me be sensitive. There's a supernatural working in this house tonight. The devil has come to keep somebody bound tonight. But I've come to let you know, sir, that the oil is here. That the oil is here. And where there is oil... not going to rush this moment. Come on, right now, just the way that it is, God's working. There's angels in this house right now. I felt it in the house tonight. I don't lie to you. I felt that God wants to do the supernatural in this house tonight. I believe that God wants to do a work in this house tonight. A supernatural work in the miraculous tonight. I'm talking about healings. I'm talking about signs. I'm talking about wonders. Somebody's got to break out the oil. just like this all across the building God is doing something right now come on right now in the name of Jesus we take authority over every spirit that would come to hinder every spirit of fear every spirit of confusion every spirit of bitterness right now in the name of Jesus we cast it out right now in the name of Jesus we cast it out God is not the author of confusion your peace the power of the oils in this house tonight come on it may not have happened come on the way that we might have thought it's going to happen but God will do the way in which the way that he would like it to be done because God would be glorified that God would be glorified